Hello, everybody. Welcome back to ClapperCast. I am very excited today because we are joined once again. It's been since Bones and all, I think, since you've been on the main podcast. Nicolo Grasso, how are you doing today, Nick? Welcome back to ClapperCast. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm so happy to be back. So, so, so happy to be back here on ClapperCast. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Like, things are going well right now, which is never a given. Uh, so I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm very excited to get back into some podcasting. I took a bit of a hiatus myself as well with Test by Adaptation. But I'm always open to, to be a guest. That's always always fun. And I'm always happy to be here on Clappercast, especially when we have to get to talk about some quality, quality cinema. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, like, with this new era of Clappercast incorporating new films with older films, I was really excited because while I've talked about quite a few of my favorite filmmakers of all time and what's mm-hmm. releasing in modern cinema, we finally get to go back and talk about some of the greats from yesterday with one of the biggest, like, I immediately wanted to do, being Agnes Varda. Uh, yes. Absolutely foundational filmmaker. Um, one of the first major like feminist voices in film for her wave. Um, just, I mean, I love Arda. I have a, a beautiful, big spot in my heart for Varda. Um, so before we get into the film, which is the one sings, the other doesn't. Nick, what I just want to get your basic thoughts. Are you a fan of Varda? Are you? Do you hate Varda? I feel like I know the answer to this, but I might big hater, have. famous hater <laughs> right. of Varda. No, I love her, man. I love her. I was actually like preparing for this podcast. I thought, when did I first discover her? And that was back in 2018 with Faces Places, uh, because everyone was talking about it. it. Was very very big documentary. I was like. Who is this woman? <laughs> She's such a she has such an energy. She had such an energy and just such so many things to say um, that I fell into a rabbit hole. And, and throughout the years since, I've delved into her filmography, and she's amazing. Like not only as an artist, but as an activist, as a feminist, mm. as as a human being. Just just good. <laughs> just one of those very right. good people. <laughs> but capital G. Yeah, I will never forget because I saw Faces Places. That was my first introduction to Varda. It was part of like the award circuit that mm. year. And I remember just watching this documentary. And there's just like this little old grandma just like bothering this artist and traveling on France. And I was like, this is amazing. And then like as the award shows continue and she's winning and Tom, like this woman is literally like awesome. Like, okay, yes. I need to watch these films. And then you watch her films and you're like, oh, not just is she really cool as a person. She's like a fucking amazing filmmaker. Uh, so I am really excited to talk about one sings, the other doesn't. One of her most, I mean, I would say socially seen as one of her most politically active films as far as just being very clearly activism um follows the story of two young women in france through their 14 year span of friendship as they grow up as they deal with things such as abortion rights as they deal with men as they deal with marriage as they deal with kids and trying to find their paths in life let's go ahead and take a look at the film and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it Je crois que je plaque le lycée ou j'essaye de passer le bac. Je veux pas de me marier. Je dérive. Mais tu, mais tu es ignoble, tu le fais exprès. Je suis contente qu'on soit ensemble pour ton premier bébé. Ça va s'amuser. Mon corps me devient proche, je suis moi. 
Okay, so Nick, I'm going to turn to you first. I keep going back to you. I, I swear oh. I will talk soon. But opening thoughts. What are your thoughts on one sings, the other doesn't? I had previously watched this back in 2021. I had like, a, I was doing this weird director's challenge of watching five movies per director, kind of like, you know, to fill in some blind spots and stuff like that. And I hadn't seen this yet from Argonis Varden. I watched it back then, really enjoyed it. I revisited it for this podcast and I really loved it. Uh, it felt like watching it and experiencing it for the first time. I think what's what's striking about this movie, which came out in 1977, it's still so relevant, so beautiful, so poignant. But most importantly to me, it feels it feels way ahead of its time. It still feels a bit ahead of our time right now, honestly, because um, we'll definitely get into that in, in uh, more in-depth later on. But this is a film primarily about, you know, reproductive rights um, and just 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 femininity in general and the way that she approaches it not 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 only with a lot of maturity but with a lot of hope of optimism i think there is so much understandable pain and anger and sadness present in those types of stories nowadays um especially given what happened last year with roe v wade like we're definitely going to see an, a new wave of these types of movies coming out very soon but varda just pushes the envelope forward and she's trying to look at the brighter side of things and she's trying to to change things for the better. That was something that really struck me with this film. Not only is it incredibly colorful, but there's just so much life in it, so much beauty. It's it's joyful to watch, even when it could have easily gone in a way darker direction. There are a couple of parts in here that are rough. There's one moment, especially early on, um, that's disturbing. Like both times I've seen it, it's just an image that stuck with me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's also a stealth musical <laughs> of sorts. There's so many songs in here. I forgot about that. It's, oh, it's amazing. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this film. And every single song in this is a bop. Um, yeah. I love this film. I, this was my first time watching it. This is one of those mm. Varda films I've just never seen. And I was really blown away by it. I was blown away specifically Due to the complexity, I think that's within this film. Because I hear a lot, and I think this is obviously a movie when you have something with these social issues, like reproduction rights, with female rights, um, with just questions of the female identity. It's a film that's going to live and breathe and change and mutate with society at the time. So obviously in the last few years, with the Roe versus Wade stuff, with the continued mm. fight for abortion rights and reproductive rights, this film has become has been seen and I feel like it's been lumped in with films like never rarely, sometimes always like mm -hmm. the happening. And like, those are very great films and I'm not trying to like, you know, put them award against each other, say one is better than the other, but specifically this film, I don't think really has the same goals, intention, souls, identity as those movies. Yes. They're about reproduction rights, but I think the key to understanding and kind of like getting to the root of what this film is with its optimism, with it's just what it is, is history actually so abortion in france was legalized in 1975 this is made in 1977 this is not what this film is not is it's not varda making this dark film pushing for the like 
need of abortion rights in the sense of like society's taking them away. So you're making this very heartbreaking film, this very intense film that's supposed to shock audiences and hopefully change the tides. Instead, this is a reflection. Ultimately, it's a reflection of the activism that she herself was a part of. There is that scene somewhat early on where they first reconvene and it's of a real protest and that mm-hmm. Varda herself was part of the real protest. Um, but also I think what this is with the optimism is it's really Varda analyzing what is the soul, the heart, the life of a woman when you have these freedoms, when you fought for these freedoms, you define yourselves with this fight by this freedom and then you get that freedom. And what mm-hmm. does that mean? What does it mean for these feminist minds and these feminist bodies to have this ability to define their lives? And then they actually have to do it, right? And there's a lot of contradictions. There's a contradiction around children, around marriage. Mm-hmm. You fought so long to get reproductive rights, but now what if you want a kid, right? So like, there's such a complexity here. And obviously, we can only get so far into dissecting this um complexity just due to both of us being men right i want to be very clear and acknowledge that but i think this film is so complex in that this was varda making a statement both capturing history and then analyzing what is to come and it's so tragic to look at society and say oh we actually didn't really get to a post phase here right we didn't get to a phase where like varda i feel like with how this film portrays the future and the ending scene of like this is what feminism is going to turn into it didn't materialize and we're still having these fights today, which gives this film a new life as a piece of activism supporting abortion rights. But I think Mm -hmm. in the time that is not necessarily what Varda's intention was. Um, I don't know your thoughts on all of that. I kind of presented like a long (laughs) spiel. No, I I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think especially what you were talking about, you know, just, just being a woman at the time um, and what it means to be a mother as well. Um, That's something that's, struck me instantly when the movie opens it's um it's made out to it's dedicated to rosalie who's i I believe rosalie varda the daughter of uh, of agnes who's actually in the movie as a character who plays the daughter of one of the main of the protagonists and yes it's it's definitely something that feels unnecessarily touchy nowadays as a subject again this is coming from cis white man (laughs) talking about that but um, there is always this idea of that some people take to an extreme where it's like if you fight for abortion rights, you're automatically not interested in having children. And I think it's so refreshing to watch a movie like this that can definitely be about, you know, oh, this is just not the right time to have a child for me as a woman and as a single woman or like if I'm unmarried or if I'm constantly moving, like I don't need this. I'm just, you know, I need a good abortion, get it over with. And then further down the line, the right time will come. Like, I, I think that's very beautiful. It's probably something that Varda herself fought with uh, just internally, psychologically. It's not an easy choice. It's a life-altering choice, as we actually see in the movie as well. But there is so much... I think, yeah, maturity is just what I keep going back to. Um, it's not black or white. It's not, like, clear-cut, cookie-cutter, you know. This is how it should be. This is how it's right. This is how it's wrong. There's no right or wrong in this film. That's the other beautiful thing. Like, it's so accepting of everyone's point of view, even in some of the more uh, intense emotional moments. There's this whole marriage that uh, the character of Pom has with an Iranian man that's so 
just I mean we could talk one hour probably about just that relationship right there, which is so intricate and warm and honest, but also you know, there's this one of my favorite parts of the movie we're watching it. It just hit me like a ton of bricks where she's talking about, you know, when we were living in Paris and in France, traveling around, it was this very feminist man, very accepting, very open and all the good stuff. And now that we're back in his hometown, he's just turned into someone else. I don't really recognize him anymore. And I, I don't really feel like the child that's growing inside of me belongs to me. I think she calls him like a devil or like a bad seed or something like that. It's like, Jesus <laughs> But she's talking about it in a very lighthearted, well, not lighthearted way, but, you know, um, it never boils itself down to be tragic. And that's the beauty of it. It's so, oh, it's so good. It's just so good. It's a film presentation that never really becomes venomous, in a sense. Yes. Maybe that's not the right, fully right word. But, like, when you, on paper, are talking about these scenes, and you're talking about these moments, and you're talking about even just these themes... You mm-hmm. expect a level of venom to it. You expect a level of bite to it. And this is a film that at every turn literally turns to like music and it turns to enjoyment. It turns to love and friendship and the beauty of life and the sunshine and the colors. Oh my God, the summer colors as they're traveling around. It's gorgeous. Stunning. And it's just stunning. It's such a change in what you would expect from a film like this. And that is what I think Varda, I mean, dedicating it to her daughter, obviously, right? Like mm. there's an importance to authenticity in stories. I I preach this all the time and not to, not to bring up a comparison. I feel like I always bring up with you, but like there's a difference between power of the dog and there's a difference of between <laughs> bros, right? Like there's a difference between someone reflecting on this with space, with trying to understand this from an outside perspective And there's a difference from what Varda herself experienced living this life and living these moments and living this time as a woman and how she chooses to portray that. It just is so subverting of expectations in a way that makes this film feel like no other film, but it never loses the impact, to be clear. Just because you don't have that venom does not mean that this film is not impactful or moving or heartbreaking at times. I mean, it really is a struggle at points to get through because of those deeper emotions. Um, but it's always coming back to the brightness and like that yeah. brightness of life, which is what why we fight, right? It's why we live. It's what these women want. And that's, it's just a beautiful like statement, I think. Hi friends, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I am here to quickly remind you that if you want more ClapperCast, maybe you just really like the show or you miss our weekly schedule and now we're bi-weekly, you can go ahead and get bonus episodes by subscribing to our Patreon. For as low as $3 a month, you can get exclusive content. Last month, we reviewed Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This month, we're reviewing Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird in honor of Barbie coming out. So a lot of fun happening on our Patreon. You can get exclusive exclusive episodes every single month for only three dollars a month plus you're supporting podcast um, and independent film journalism which is of course a great thing to do thank you so much for listening to clappercast again though if you want bonus episodes patreon.com slash clappercast pod even just the opening alone like she's literally showing just naked bodies of women being photographed uh of all uh, ages and types of bodies, shapes and sizes. Like it's, it's already kind of you know putting it into that the type of, of of female lens that 
just it's just different it's just there's just a way that she photographs people and bodies and women especially that's so unique uh it's it's impressive and and the whole movie is like that like she manages to make a potential subplot about infidelity feel perfectly fine I mean, they're still French, which is, <laughs> some people would say, co- commonplace. But it's still, you know, she the way she presents it, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for this woman to get together with this married man. But, but the woman, again, she has rules, she has standards, and she's not going to go through with those things because she's lived a rough life. And you feel that. I think that's also the power of the editing in this film, how she manages to balance out two narratives moving simultaneously back and forwards in time like there's parts where it just jumps forward and then oh here's what happened in the past and it's also seamless it's never it's it's always organic it never really becomes tedious or like gimmicky or confusing even it's oh yeah that's that's something that's always i've always really appreciated about her movies is the editing right and it's remarkable how this film not just it's clear in what it's doing as it's jumping these perspectives and countries and times mm. and social situations but it's also like it never falls into feeling mundane or boring ultimately when you boil it down these are just two women living their lives and i feel like a lot of times you run the risk obviously of oh why are we watching this why is it dragging a two-hour film but it never ever feels like it's dragging or it's boring it always feels engaging it always feels worthwhile which i think is really beautiful um i do want to return quickly to your point about the women getting uh, photographed at the beginning and just Mm -hmm. like looking at like i think that's a prime example of like there's a complexity of thought to varda's work within this film i was watching on tiff talks i'll link it down below sarah Godon did like a after screening q a about the film and she was talking about specifically the male photographer and that and his fate which he ends up killing himself um and how that has a deeper message behind it connected around women like taking back the like the gaze from men and how men can like feel from that and you literally have to like kill the male gaze in order to have the authentic female gaze and like Mm. it's well that this film simultaneously feels as if it's just like a casual kind of summertime experience with these women but at the same time every scene feels like there's so much complexity to the thought given um it's really quite incredible i also want to pay attention to the music we mentioned that they're bops but like i think that's a, <laughs> such a strong framing device for getting your point across because these are all activist songs it's very much so varda wrote the lyrics herself it's very much so varda like hey audience this is directly what i want to say in this scene but it's done so in a way that is so it works so well within to the plot and it feels so different that it never feels like varda standing there telling us this is my thesis it's a really mm-hmm. like just genius method of getting your point across in a way that feels artistic and works itself into the runtime that just like blows me away it blows me away how varda does all this so casually like it never feels that varda and really any of her films but like especially this one it never feels like varda is trying and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that in a great way it feels like she's just casually making a film but it's genius when you get into it and it's like what are we how are you so good at this i don't get it it's great yeah, there are so many parts in this movie where you can feel other filmmakers kind of patting themselves on the back, like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing so good. Like, oh, this, this scene is going to rock. And she's like, nah, I'm just casually going from great moment to great moment. Uh, even with all those songs, it could have easily been cheesy, weird, but instead it's it's beautiful. Even the way it's, some of them are 
diegetic others are in. There's like the, the scene where she's singing on the boat as they're about to go in, in Amsterdam. She's singing on this boat as they're about to go get an abortion there because it wasn't legal in France. Um, it's it's very beautifully done. But then you have also like the, this one moment that I really appreciated and really liked um, towards the end when she's just touring around, Palm is touring around with this group of singers and they also pick up like a hitchhiker with his son and it's so beautiful and touching and like she puts on a show uh, about what it means to be married and uh, living together with a man. <laughs> like so many of those parts. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm surprised I was reading up some reviews. Honestly, I, my review even back at in, back in the day didn't mention the songs, which is so weird. How so many of us just there's so much in here that we forget that it's basically almost a musical for like a quarter of it. It's insane. Um, and again, like hats off to Arda for writing all the lyrics and having them work, and even the composer, like pff, just just so good. Right. And even the use of music, you know, that is, as I mentioned, Varda kind of giving her statement. And you can view that as like, oh, women having their voice. And then when she goes to in that relationship and she moves and she loses Mm -hmm. her voice in a way, she stops singing. And it's just such a natural way in filmmaking to condition the audience to having this free flow thought of this female expression and then to take it away. And you do feel in those moments like it's Rob. You're like, oh, I feel like we should be getting a song sometime. And there isn't like it's just so well thought out. It blows me away as a uh, someone who watches films. Um, I also I would like to mention quickly also the use of age within the film. There's something about these mm. two women. Obviously, they're very different women in a lot of ways. But one thing you feel is they're not maturity, but just like how they experience the world. There's only a five year difference between these two, and I think Varda is very clearly trying to like s- explore how fundamental like years how quickly things change because we tend to think like to make social progress it takes a long time right oh my god it's something that we're fighting for our children Varda quite literally fighting for her children but like the fact that this difference between a 17 year old and 22 when we meet them and Mm -hmm. how they experience the world one broken down to a point what right struggling feeling like there's no hope to then this feminist mind of the 17 year old and the inspiration and the fire there to make difference and then you see that they make a difference and they carry each other and lift each other up and as they go about their lives they obviously have other differences but it's something about like i think it's just really inspiring to see something like this that's so celebratory of the mind and soul of progressive youth and really showing like the impact that can have. Um, I think this is a film that lives and breathes that feminist youth or that progressive youth. Um, and it just gave me a lot of like inspiration. I was like, hell yeah. I was just getting like an energy from this film in a time where so much cinema and there's a time for bleak cinema. There's a time for dark mm-hmm. cinema. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Socially it's important and it can be done really well, but to see a film that is so fired up with progress and the notion of progress, I was like, we need more films like this. When was the last time we had a film that was this like active talking about these issues, but also like in this space of like hopefulness, right? Like I can't think of another one. It's really something that's missing. Because I think so many people are worried it would devalue the social issues being discussed, but like, no, that's not necessarily true. Um, I I guess I just want more Varda. So I (laughs) you know, that's a hot thing. We're out of luck in that sense, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, she lived a long life, a very long life, thankfully. We were lucky to have had her. But yeah, it, it's such a it's such a unique thing. Um that's that's the most 
yeah, it's, it's just touching. It's just beautiful. There were so many opportunities throughout the movie to embrace the negativity, embrace a darker side. Uh, and she always goes in the opposite direction. I think even finding beauty, there's the whole section in Iran, um, it could have easily turned into either like a touristy gaze of, you know, look how pretty Iran is, is blah, blah, blah. Um, or it could have even turned into a more, not, not necessarily racist, but, you know, kind of a stereotypical portrayal of, you know, you have all the women there who cover themselves up and they lose their identity. And instead, palm, she's watching them. She thinks the opposite. Like every woman is unique and they kind of hide away who they truly are. But because it's for few people to truly grasp, like there's so many beautiful things about that. And it's like, that's, that's the Agnes Varda touch. The easiest thing would have been to use that as to symbolize, you know, this woman losing her identity. She looks the same amongst this sea of uh, literally faceless women. And instead, no, 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 no. It's still about personal identity. It's still about, you know, being unique and being your own person. I was like, damn. Like, again, 1977. <laughs> we have movies right. nowadays that still portray whatever nonsense generic action movie schlock that comes out that's like, oh, we're in a foreign country and it's, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm afraid of the foreigners. Like, all of that. Like, she was ahead. Not- she was ahead of the curve. Sadly, Clint Eastwood hasn't caught up to this type of <laughs> cultural exploration, right? Um yeah, no, I fully agree. And I think, again, like, you can take that scene and it's a question of female identity once you remove the physical form. And, like, it's just, it's so, it's fascinating. It's, again, every single second of this film, I feel like, is injected with so much meaning. Um, mm-hmm. I did give this four stars. I'm probably going to bump it at 4.5 after yes. this. I really, like, it just is, I don't know, it's just genius. But so is, I guess, all of Varda films. Um are there anything else within the one sings the other doesn't that you would like to discuss before we move to our question of the week? Oh, I, I think just I'm I'm curious to know which character you preferred of the two because you have the you have Suzanne and and Pom. Uh, Suzanne doesn't sing; Pom does. <laughs> um, and for me, it was very there was something just about. I think they both complement each other in such a beautiful right. way. Even in such a Again, like the power of the writing and the editing, there are some scenes that are put together between the two narratives that don't feel connected at first. And then you f- mm. look back at it, it's like, oh, no way, I, I see what she was doing there. I see what she was doing, you know, either talking about love or the need of having a child. Um, that, yeah, I'm curious to know that, but also just to kind of, the, the last part they really liked, they found to be very emotional towards the end, is the whole idea that she's willing to let the palm is willing to let her first child go live and grow on its own with his father in Iran while she keeps kind of a last gift of sorts, which is a new daughter to grow on her own with her friends and family. Friends, Her friends become family, basically. I don't know. That, that was something so bold. Again, it's if a, if a normal person did that now, in 2023... You'd be fucking insane. Like, people would be like, what's wrong with you? And we're talking about a 1977 film. <laughs> well, just oh, goosebumps. I had goosebumps throughout the last five yeah. minutes of this movie. It is beautiful. And they also, like, mentioned throughout her relationship with the man, like, there's this key kind of reoccurring question of, like, do you view me just as, like, sperm or do you view me as mm-hmm. a husband? And it's mentioned kind of in various, like, not necessarily directly posed, but, well, I guess it is directly posed towards the end. But, like, 
it is kind of mentioned here and there. And you get that real sense of like, yeah, that's not your family though. Like your friends and those women who you've suffered with, who you went through this with, who you've grown with, like that's your family. And it's Mm -hmm. almost unfair to expect a man, especially to like be able to come close and understand your mind, how they could. Um, I do prefer Palm uh, Apple as she goes by eventually. Um, I think just, I do actually wish that we got a little bit more Suzanne. I would say like, that's Mm -hmm. I have two kind of like complaints with this movie, obviously very light. I do wish we got a little bit more of her mind and soul and her living the world. The narrative features more directly on Palm a lot of the time. Um, I also think that the protest scene in the beginning is like a little bit too, or towards the first quarter, let's say, is a little too staged for my liking when it comes to filmmaking. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, but I, but I do like both characters a lot. I mean, I think these two, and again, how they bounce off of each other. When you have two characters that are so opposite, in almost every single way they are opposites, other than the fact that they're both women going through these social experiences. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard to portray two opposites as like, oh, but they are family. But this film, from like the first time they meet, it's so natural. Like you never question why they're like so close or why they continue to write to each other. Um, it's one of the most beautiful looks at friendship and specifically female friendship out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just beautiful. But I do, I do love both of them. The um, final monologue as as it's showing everyone and like what happened in the future. It's like, oh, oh my heart. Right, building a, a, a new future for the for the next generations. Oh, oh. Uh, and then you get then and then she dedicates it to her daughter, and it's reflecting on this and like it's a gift. Oh, it's beautiful. It's poetry. It is it poetic is. cinema in the best of ways. So close and dear and personal to Varda, which is I think why it all is beautiful and why it all works. Um, I think obviously we both recommend that you watch this film if you've not already. Uh, it is streaming right now, at least in America, on the Criterion Channel and HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Is it streaming anywhere in Italy? <laughs> like where... it used to be on on a movie. So like a okay. lot of Agnes Varda movies are on movie here in Italy, which is okay. oh, a godsend. I've seen so many of her short films like that. Oh, oh yeah, oh, beautiful. Yeah, um, but you please go check out this film for our question of the week. We are sticking with Varda, Nick. What is your favorite Agnes Varda film? I wonder if we're gonna have the same one. We'll see. It was such a hard pick. Because basically, I have three. Okay. Um, I ended up picking Faces Places. Okay. Because of because of you know just emotional attachment. Um, it's a movie that I've only seen once, and I've thought about like probably at least once a month since 2018. Like it's a movie that I really really like. Um, especially as she passed away, I've thought about that a mm. lot. As Godard passed away last year. Um, it's there's again talking about complexities like the entire relationship that she had with him with Jean-Luc throughout the decades it's so like it could be easy to boil it down to just you know he kind of took the all the honors of being the 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 father of the of the Nouvelle Vague well Larda started everything like five years before in four years maybe I don't remember (laughs) um I mean the 50s when he started in 1960 but the way that just th- th- that's like a perfect final movie, even though it actually isn't, because we have uh, Vardon Varda, I think it's called. Like there was one final documentary that she did. I think it's Varda by Agnes. It's called Varda by or Agnes. Agnes by Varda, one of the two. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's the one. That's the one. Um, which I do really enjoy. But I think Faces Places right. especially feels like a final project, and she knew 
um, especially watching all of her movies throughout her filmography. Like you constantly have this feeling of of just inevitability. Like that's I mean that's life. You know, life is yeah. going towards one final destination. And even recently, last month, I watched a movie. I rewatched um, the Gleaners and I. I think it's called mm. in English. Yep. beautiful documentary and that one is a lot and that was from the year 2000 and that one has a lot of you know like i look at my hands and they're wrinkly and i can feel death coming and it's like jesus and she lasted like almost 20 more years um but yeah faces places is just not only a beautiful documentary life affirming and wholesome but also just right. a perfect final movie right just, oh Oh, I definitely want to revisit that now that I've seen more Varda. Again, that was mm. also my introduction. But I remember sitting there in the theater. For some reason, this is like one of those scenes for I don't really know why, but it's a core memory now. There's a scene of a church and just like the bells is like sweeping up the stairs, I want to say. And I was just sitting there and just like the beauty of what's on screen of just like this life of just this church that Varda's is filming genuinely just like gave me goosebumps. And I was like, holy shit like this is cinema this is cinema yeah. um for yeah. mine i'm gonna go i don't know i feel like this is a basic take but it is fucking great for a reason cleo from five to seven i know it's yes. like the it's it is the intro to varda but it also is just like a masterpiece it is one of the best edited acted intensely you know written films um looking at death looking at identity looking at time how we spend time um it's just like it's one of those films that you just walk away from and you're like five stars that was that was perfect yes. um yes. but again varda i mean so many of her films right like you really pick and choose i don't know if there's too many bad options on the list I've I think the other one I came close to choosing. I I, I, was, I actually wanted to pick maybe Cleo because it's amazing. There's like this one. I, I, I don't know. Like you mentioned the image from from uh, Faces Places. Like to me, from Cleo, of all the wonderful visuals in that film, where she like goes to the to this to the artist shop, or where she goes to the cinema. But like, there's a moment when she goes to her apartment where she has to sing or like rehearse a song or something, and she just stands in front of like this black painting or something i don't remember but it's just it's it literally becomes just her face almost like floating into nothingness it's just one of those pieces of imagery it's just iconic you know in a in a proper way um and i think the other recommendation that would give people is le bonheur i don't remember the name in... that was my other choice le bonheur it's called yeah 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 um just a fucking just dark movie <laughs> again so colorful and light like oh yeah it's not as far as like it gets dark it gets dark <laughs> towards the end it's that, that was shocking that was a shocking shocking feel um worth a watch no spoilers <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely and i i love i think one thing that when Varda does like summertime, when Varda does flowers, mm. I love Call Me By Your Name. Boy, I'm really bringing up all the hits today. Call Me By Your Name, Power of the Dog. But like, that's a thing that breathes summer. And every summer, I'm just like, oh, I got to watch it. Right. And Varda's like that, where I'm like, oh, yeah. I need to watch a Varda summer film because I just like want to feel the heat and like the, smell the flowers and smell the plants growing in the dirt. And you can. Um, cool. Well, let's go, Nick, to our rapid review section. We only do this hey. every other week now. Um, so to pick a film you saw recently. It can be old. It can be new. It can be anything, really, um, that you would like to just quickly give a shout out to and say if it's good or bad. Well, since I haven't been able to watch many movies recently, just no, no not much energy, but I know it's coming out 
very, very soon. It's finishing its festival run right now, and June officially it's going to be released in Silver Screen, one of the best movies of the year, Past Lives. Yeah. It's coming out. <sighs> oh, I, I can't wait to rewatch it. Like I'm, I, I, I was looking at the release date, and I'm, I'm actually going to be in the US when when it comes out. Um, so I'm really, really hoping it's being screened somewhere because I really cannot wait to rewatch it. Um, just a, a beautifully heartbreaking film. Um, I think that it's. It's one of those rare cases where it's like instantly enters a certain type of canon. And in this case, Ooh. it's entered the canon of just, you know, like melancholic, sad, what if romance narratives. Like You Love Call Me By Your Name, Before Sunset and Before Sunrise, like all those types of movies in the mood for love. Like this is right up there right now. It's it's beautiful. You haven't been able to watch it yet, right? I've not seen it. I'm so oh, excited oh, oh. to. Because everyone at Sundance, they debuted at Sundance for the in-person crowd. And everyone was ah. like, it's amazing. And not to, not to shit on anyone, but I don't necessarily always trust people's opinions when it comes to people who go to film festivals. But I trust you mm-hmm. for the most part. So when you saw it and you were like, it's amazing, I was like, oh shit, okay, actually I'm in. Actually, I, I was am, very skeptical. Like, really excited. Like, this is what right. happened. Basically, I saw it at the Berlinale. And I missed like the first screening or something, and my other flatmates went. And they were like, <laughs> "You have to watch Past Lives. Like, what do you have tomorrow? That movie? Just cancel it. Get a ticket for Past Lives." And I went. It was a packed crowd. And by the end of it, like I, I hugged two people next to me, two complete strangers, because we were all a mess. We were just a complete wow. mess. Um, I think if you've ever longed for someone in your life and you miss them a lot, <laughs> this is gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I can't wait. So, you know, good vibes. Good vibes all around. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> What's your for pick? My, I'm curious. Yeah, for my rapid review, I'm going to go kind of off the beaten path here. 1936 Osaka Elegy, Kenji Mizuguchi. I have been working my way through this book called Japanese Film Directors. And I don't know who it's by, unfortunately. But the first section is on Kenji Mizoguchi. So I've been checking out a lot of his works um, and kind of especially understanding his views of feminism and the contradictions within that. Um, And Osaka Elegy is this beautiful story. uh, Well, beautiful, tragic story um, about this girl who her father owes a tremendous debt. So she basically gives her life to be this mistress for her boss. And it costs her pretty much everything. Like socially, her family hates her. It's brought shame to the family. But at the same time, she sacrificed herself to save her family. Um, And it's this really tragic story, but it's beautifully done. Um, And just stunning filmmaking. Um, The first wave, first golden wave of Japanese cinema. Um, I'm a giant fan of Japanese cinema. So I just, I had discovered Mizuguchi for the first time this year. I feel like Uh nobody talks about him anymore. Um, So I'm going to give that out. And if you like, you know, Ozu and you like all Kurosawa, give him a try also. Um, Maybe problematic at times. Uh, But, you know, good filmmakers nonetheless. Um, So thank you so much, Nick, for joining me on the podcast today. Where can we find you on social media? Thank you for having me. It was fun. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at NikkiGround97, where I'm always posting about my my movie watching and uh, very sad film quotes (laughs) for lonely hearts. And you can also watch my short films and videos on YouTube and Vimeo. Just look for Nicolo Grasso or enjoy the movies and you can enjoy so, so many of my short films. You can find that linked below for sure. Um, Great short films. And we'll rank them on Letterboxd. Go ahead and 
five stars. Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at BP underscore movie reviews. Thank you so much for listening and watching. You can find the podcast every other week covering the best of both old and new cinema um, at Clapper Podcast on Twitter, Clappercast on YouTube, and everywhere you find your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks when we do oh god what is next hold on everyone in two weeks when we review oh it's a war it's a big one it's our barbie versus oppenheimer episode so stay tuned for that we'll see you then